It's time again for your Portland Morning Brew. Casual conversations with business, city, and community leaders and influencers. Get to know your neighbors. News, views, and events, all centered around our community. Now here's your host, Troy Holden. And welcome back to the Portland Morning Brew. This is your local Portland podcast where we talk to business leaders, people in business, political leaders, uh, trying to keep you up to date on what's going on in the community and offering you the the chance to get to know the people that you may be working with or, or may want to work with. And in that case, today we're talking to Joni Neal, and I don't think I'll mispronounce it. It is Acopia Home Loans. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow. I got one right. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, Joni, welcome. Glad you're joining us. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about uh, about you. Are you a Sumner native or are you a transplant? No, I've been in Sumner pretty much all my life. Okay. Between Gallatin and Portland, yeah. Oh, okay. Good, good. So anchored with family uh, around the area as well? Yes, and in Georgia. I spent time in Georgia. So I've okay. got uh, Georgia as well. What part of Georgia were you in? For this Saturday's ball game. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have one of those license plates on the front that's got uh, Georgia no. on one side, Tennessee on the other? No? Okay. Now, what part of Georgia uh, did you live in? Ringgold. Ringgold. Okay. Not too far across the line. Yeah. I can see where that would be difficult. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's jump into, uh, and to me, this is an interesting subject. You may or may not know, I owned uh, Lighthouse Realty in Portland the first four years it was in business. And I, I was a broker and auctioneer from way back since 1984. So the business has changed a lot. Oh my gosh, has it changed? I, I jokingly tell people, and of course, it's not really a joke. When I got into this, a real estate contract was a 11 and a half by 14 piece of paper front and back. And that was it. I mean, that was it. That, yeah. that was everything. And now it is pa pages on pages. Five years. So definitely back to the catalog books and all. It's, yeah. it's definitely uh, come a long way. I don't know. It's always a good thing. They just keep adding more stuff. You know? Right. Liability and lawsuits and people are litigious and it does happen. But yeah, I do remember going to the MLS office every other Friday and picking up the big box of uh, MLS books for our offices. That was always fun. So let's talk about today's market, which is different than anything that most of us have seen in the past 20, 25 years. This is a very different market as far as how home values have just catapulted and how things have changed. And I guess the question in some people's mind is if a, if a typical house here in, in town used to be 85,000, 120,000, and now they're two, 300,000, uh, how has it changed on the, on the uh, home loan side? You know, Troy, interesting enough, um, I can only go back as long as I've been in the business, which again is a little over 25 years. It's not that it's changed. It's that real estate is doing what it's meant to do. You're supposed to be getting between four and seven percent increase in values year after year. That's why you buy real estate. Mm -hmm. um, so when I hear a little bit of the market has changed, I, 
I really don't agree. I don't think the market has changed. I think the market adjusts to whatever the climate is. Mm-hmm. And this is a great area to live in. So you have a lot of folks coming in from exit states, California, New Jersey, Illinois, New York, that want a simpler life. Um, and they have the means to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that started with COVID. When people were allowed to work remote, um, that supply just doubled. Mm-hmm. And the values were simply because of the amount of people that were willing to pay more for a house. And mm-hmm. that's simply what an appraisal is. An right. appraisal right. is what somebody's willing to pay at any given time. And mm-hmm. um, so what it did do is it really affected our on the ground buyers, our first time buyers that didn't have those same means. Um, and that's what we saw in 2020 and 2021 with the property value increase. So in 2020, property values in our market increased 29 percent. And then in 2021, they increased 18 percent. That's not supposed to happen. Right. So right. got the corrected market now. Same with interest rates. You have a Mm -hmm. correct market. But real estate has done and will always do what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to go up in value. It's just not supposed to go up that fast. But we have a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. know what happened in 2008 uh, with the housing bubble. We could pinpoint the reason why that happened. So if you know Mm -hmm. the reason why things are happening, then you can adjust appropriately for your business. And as a home buyer, you can understand the process Mm -hmm. more. Which is right. big. To, I'm big on education. I think people need to understand because of the media. There's just so much out there that people, if you're on the internet, mm-hmm. see uh, and read, and it puts a, a sense of fear into those same people, and they really just need to understand the process. Mm-hmm. True, very true. And we are in a unique area, as you're saying, to where we're, although we're seeing some ramp down, I noticed uh, a day or so ago the number of listings that expired, um, you know, without selling is up way up compared to what it was three months ago. Of course it is because, you know, the, everything is changing. Interest rate is, is went up a little bit, but the, um, the uniqueness is, as you just said, people want to come here because it's, it's still affordable. It's still better than what they have. So we're in a unique area, but it's not that way everywhere from what I'm seeing. You know, so if you're in this area and you're in that unique position that you've sat on something for 10 or 12 years, yes, it is a very good time to sell and maximize. And as you said, the the last few years, the increases uh, in value is it's it's phenomenal. Some people I know have seen from what they paid eight years ago, 10 years ago, you know, they're seeing two, three hundred percent difference in, in their home value. Right. And it's it's amazing. It really is. But those ex for those folks that are looking to sell or that have sell to have that mindset of what the market was in 2020 is really some challenge. I think some sellers are now understanding, okay, I can't sell in the same way that I may have two years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's better, but two years ago was even better. Um <laughs> Let's get into one of the other things you talked about with first-time home buyers and things, and I think it's important for those folks to know how to start preparing now. Uh, if they, you know, they're wanting to buy a home, it may not be now. But what are some of the things they should be doing to set themselves up to be able to buy their first home? Oh, my favorite subject. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for first-time home buyers, um, 
fear is one of the things that I have learned in my education teaching of classes that I've done everywhere that it's the it's the fear of rejection, the fear of no. They may think they've got awful credit. They may think that, um, you know, they just can't qualify without any money. Tennessee is probably, I'm licensed in several states. Tennessee is the best state for grants for first-time homebuyers. Um, and it's just getting the word out on how to qualify for those. So if I'm a first-time homebuyer and I have no idea really what to do, I'm going to call somebody that knows, which is me. I'm going to call Joni and I'm going to call her because of the amount of value that I feel like that I can add to a first time homebuyer, which is a lot. I'm a little bit of a mama bear when it comes to my first time homebuyers. I'll be honest. 600 credit score is not is the beginning uh, score requirement, but that's not always just enough. Sometimes you need a 600 score, but then if you had a judgment or you've had a bankruptcy or you think there's some some waiting periods but the best way to make a, a financial decision is not with emotion it's really learning understanding and having somebody guide you through that process mm-hmm. uh, the fear of the interest rates were still below the national average historically um, but then there's some other programs. It's a 640 credit score uh, that gives you a, a, a little bit lower than market rate. And that's if you qualify, which is both you have to be below a certain income, which is actually kind of hefty for our area. So I don't really see a lot of people that don't qualify for that. But really, it's getting with somebody that can look at your credit profile. Now, if I know that my credit score is a 550 because I'm looking at it on Karma, which we know is not accurate, but that's the only thing I'm looking at. And I want to buy next year. I'm calling a lender again anyway, because what we can do is we can pull the credit and we can run it through this report that's going to tell you exactly what you need to focus on credit wise. So it'll tell you step by step. You need to pay this off. You need to pay this down. You need to get this deleted. And then we put a plan together on when you're going to be you know, ready to purchase. And then we start working on our to-do list. I've done tons of buyers like that. Some mm-hmm. have taken years. Some have taken two months. Mm-hmm. Great, great advice. Um, you're talking about the uh, the interest rates. I, of course, this is a long time ago. My first home I bought in Murfreesboro, and this was you know fifty nine thousand dollar house back then, but it was a nice little thirteen hundred square foot brick house. Nice little house. We had a twelve and a half percent adjustable. Woo! And you yeah. may have. Even- happy that you had that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because at the time a prime was like 19, you know, so this was mm, early mid eighties. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. And uh, of course the little house hung in there a couple of years and sold it and made 18, 20,000 off of it and uh, moved on to the next one. But I'm, I'm sorry. Did you ever refinance? No, no. Uh, actually it had a two year adjustable and, uh, I sold it before it adjusted okay. the, the first time. So, we, you know, it was a get by thing. Uh, it was kind of tough, but I ended up moving into a little bigger one and, you know, then did it again a few years later, but you, you got to do it, take the chance and hang in there. Like you said, the real estate market will always adjust. It will always correct. And, uh, that's something people got to have confidence in. You know, I was scared to death paying that kind of stuff, but, it all, it all works out and it usually does. Um, I, I, and then on the opposite side, 
during uh, around 2011 or 12, uh, I had a house here in town in Lionecrest, pretty nice house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And could barely get out of it. You know, I'd been in it four or five years, could barely get the price out of it. And it sold, I don't know, uh, middle of last year, I guess, for like 160000 more than what I sold it for. That right. almost double. And I'm like, holy smokes, I wish I, you know, and I had it rented out. I had moved out of it and had it rented out and I wish I'd have kept it, but you got to do what you got to do. You never know, but that there's twice proof the market will recover and don't be afraid of it. Um, And 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 to just add to the refinance, there's a saying that we have in the real estate world, lending world, which is marry the house and date the rate. Yes. Yes. house you make it to where you obviously can you you can afford it and then when the rates drop you just you know you refinance down i don't uh, uh, advise refinancing two or three times so you want to make sure you're optimal because of the cost mm-hmm. associated mm-hmm. yeah we uh my wife and i have discussed that lately because we have an older home it was built in the late 70s we're on a small farm uh, we know we have a ton of equity we could refi remodel but on the other hand, I'm sitting on 2.9% interest. So it's very hard to, yeah. to do that. So yeah, anyway. you're, you're staying where you're at right now. My yeah, friend. <laughs> absolutely. Um, let's talk about um, um, some of the things that people can do now ahead of the time they're coming to you. But what are some of the things as a young person out there they need to do to be really smart with their credit and not get in a mess? Okay. So obviously, for somebody that's looking to purchase a home, going and buying a $60,000 vehicle is not wise. For somebody that's purchasing a home, running up credit card debt is not wise. You want to keep your credit cards at about 30% usage or lower, and that is one of the best ways to actually increase your credit. If you don't have a revolving credit card, um, Discover Prepaid is one of my favorites. Um, Capital One Secured is another good one. Credit One, there's some different credit cards. If you don't have a credit card, it's going to be a, a slower process to build your credit mm-hmm. because revolving is around your usage. So if you use it wisely, then you're going to be able to demonstrate that you are um, protective in your debt. You're not maxing stuff out and paying just your minimum. And that revolving every month in and month out, month in and month out is what's going to propel your score. So that's definitely one of the things you want to have is a, as a credit card, not tons of them, mm-hmm. but you need revolving credit um, and, and to really be intentional with increasing that, that score. Um, side jobs. If you have a side job, I would recommend getting a separate business account and putting that deposit because you can't track the money. You don't know where the deposit comes from. So I would always have, uh, you know, a separate checking account to put my business income so that we don't have to go back and try to source large deposits that we have a hard time doing when it's a self-employment. Self-employment, again, you want to make sure that if you're looking to write a stuff a lot of stuff off we can only use the income that you're paying taxes on so if you made a hundred thousand dollars um as a contractor and you write off 80 of it and you're only paying taxes on the 20 that's all we can use is the 20. so know ahead of time before tax season comes how much you should write off 
uh, so that your income will qualify when the time come, time mm-hmm. comes. So that's an important part of it. Uh, we don't like people to job hop a lot, even if they're staying in the same line of work, unless it's really to, if you're going from a $20 to a 24 hour, dollar uh, an hour, and then to, you know, 30, then of course you're stair stepping up in income. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, make sure you're paying your rent with some kind of document, money order, receipts don't usually hold water. I can go down to Lowe's and get a receipt book. So just making sure that, you know, again, talk to somebody that knows how to help you and be intentional with how you're preparing and planning and most importantly, your budget. I don't know what you can afford to pay. I know what my computer will tell me you can afford to pay based off your debt ratio, but I want to know, and it's one of the first questions I ask is where are you going to feel comfortable on your house payment? Mm -hmm. That's very important to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so knowing those things will help. Let's dig a little deeper into Acopia and all of the total services because there are so many different types of home loans. There's construction loans. There's all kinds of stuff. Tell us about all the services you guys offer. Well, Acopia is local. We are uh, headquartered right next to Dollar General. Matter of fact, one of our owners was the prime shareholder of Dollar General. That's how we kind of incorporated ourselves with Dollar General. Acopia stands for a company of people in action. So we're right here local. We're licensed in 38 states, but we really call the South our home. So we offer everything. We offer construction to perm. We offer home equities. We refinance. We have first-time homebuyer programs. We do reverse mortgages. We just started a 0% um, construction to perm on a USDA where people can actually, this is new, people can go find their land, find their builder, and we can put them in a mortgage at 100%. That's really rare. Usually, mm-hmm. you have a mm-hmm. construction loan. Now, the rate's going to be higher. Um, but usually, for somebody that doesn't have a lot of cash to put down, you've got to buy that land. It's got to be in your name. You've got to be able to pull building permits. And then you get with the builder, get your plans and specs, mm-hmm. have one. And that includes manufactured homes, which is the next. There's a prediction that manufactured homes is going to be up 36% by 2025 from an affordability standpoint. Mm-hmm. So uh, some, uh, on the needs of the market, and we're always adjusting those needs as the climate requires. So that's one great thing I can say. Acopia is a debt-free company. So we, we spend a lot of money on things uh, because we can. That's going to give back to the community in ways that uh, outbeats our competition sometimes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now tell all of our listeners how to reach you personally, as far as phone number, websites, or any way they can reach out to find you. Absolutely. So on Facebook, uh, I've got my personal page, which is Joni Stockard Neal. And I have my business page, which is Joni Neal's real estate and mortgage page. My phone number, which is 24 seven is 615 Four two, and my email is jneal at acopiahomeloans.com. And I have a chat my mortgage, which is the same number for folks that really just don't, they don't want to call. Maybe they're at work, but they've got a question. They can chat my mortgage. They can just text me a general question to the 615-210-1242 number. Uh, and that is on TikTok as well. 
chat my mortgage, and then just ask whatever your question is in a very casual way. And uh, somebody, myself or somebody on my team, uh, we have an office in Springfield, Hendersonville, Franklin, Kentucky, Portland, just local for those that are listening. And uh, uh, so we're, we're, we're around and we're here to help at any time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I want to thank you for your time. This is a very interesting subject, and I think we'll have a lot of people's interest peak because uh, there's a lot of questions with this. A lot of changes going on with things, and you know, we're we're riding a roller coaster. It seems like with the economy and this and that and the other, and we're all waiting on this and that. But you know, there's almost never a bad time to buy real estate. There's just not. Now, as long as I've done it, and really, we track back forty years. Um, Again, you just have to understand the climate. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Joni, thanks so much for joining us. This is a Copia Home Loans and Joni Neal. We appreciate your time and, uh, and, and your insight into the business. Thank you so much for having me. This was the Portland Morning Brew with Troy Holden. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to the Portland Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Be sure and visit the Chamber's Facebook page for more information. Thanks for listening, and join us again soon.